From Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News, it's Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and education politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. Well, where do we begin? Where else would we want to begin? But the, uh, the school funding formula debate, what a crazy week it has been on this. It feels like we're sitting here Friday morning and was it really only four days ago that we had a, a, a revolt in the House Education Committee right before our eyes? But yeah, that's kind of where it started. And let's run through this week on the funding formula bill. Yeah, that, I mean, that's sort of where the week bookends for us, beginning and ending yeah, sure with does. the funding formula. Uh, we're recording this early Friday morning. Still a lot of uncertainties, but uh, do you want to start at the beginning or you want to start with the, what's the latest? Let's kind of go chronologically because okay. it's sort of brings us full circle to what may happen or may not happen in the final throes of this legislative sure. session. So we showed up Monday morning. We were there. We had a full quorum. Yes. I had an education news quorum at the House Education Committee. We were both business. there. Sammy Edge was there to take photos. We almost had the committee outnumbered because I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. You had eight of the, eight of the Republicans on the committee no-shows, yeah. which meant that the committee did not have a quorum. So you had this really awkward, you had a presentation from the uh, you know, workforce development folks to a half-empty committee room. Well, less, more than half. More yeah. than half-empty committee. Uh, and no action could, could occur. And you know, Chairman Lance Clow's attempt to introduce a new version of a funding formula bill couldn't happen because the committee couldn't conduct business, because the committee didn't have a quorum. It, it's it's so unusual. I have never seen anything quite like that at a committee, and I've never seen anything quite like that with Republicans kind of you know, you know, embarrassing, really, the chairman of the committee by doing that. That was the thing. And, and so let's just talk a little bit about the mechanics of this. But uh, Lance Clow, Republican from Twin Falls, is the first-year chairman of the House Education Committee. He had heard his committee the week before say, oh, we have some questions about this funding formula. We'd really like to know more about the Senate bill. Can we get in on this discussion? And the bill was in the Senate. And so House Ed could have talked about it, but it wasn't theirs to take up yet. Yeah. And so Chairman Cloud told me he introduced, hoped to draft and introduce a new funding formula bill that was substantially similar to that Senate bill, Senate Bill 1196, with two paragraphs different, um, so that his committee could have the discussion and, and be a player. And, I, I mean, I it's, it's like you said, it's I don't want to say it's unprecedented in the history of the Idaho legislature, but... We've had walkouts on the floor, we've had walkouts in committee, but I can't recall something like this, with Republicans walking out on a Republican committee chair. When it was his bill, I mean, there's just so much going on that makes it interesting and dramatic. It was a brazen revolt. It was a mutiny. Um, and I've covered the session day in and day out, I, I think for nine years now. I know you've done more than that. It was weird. And I mean, so by the eight members skipping it, and by the way, it was the same exact eight members who voted against introducing Klaus funding formula bill the previous way week. Way back last week, which feels like two years ago. But yes, exactly. The same, the same eight. Eight the, Republicans. The, it, they didn't show up at all for a half hour. Klau and Vice Chairman Kirby and a couple Democrats and the two remaining Republicans held this informational hearing for half an hour. They asked some questions. There was time for folks to show up. And so it was pretty obvious um, 
about what it was, but by not having a quorum, that blocked the committee from doing business, so they couldn't get into their agenda, they couldn't take any action or votes. I mean, I get... I guess the thing that I come back to is, was it necessary? And I'm sure there are things going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. But was it necessary? Because there is a mechanism, Kevin, as we're all well aware, if you don't like a bill, if you're opposed to it, under normal circumstances with a normal functional committee, those folks would show up on time, state their reasons for opposing it, and vote against it. That's how the process works. That's what they did the week before, was it necessary to, and they didn't tell the chairman that they would all be absent. A couple of people said they were going to be absent. He did not realize eight people would be absent and that he would not be able to conduct a meeting. It had to be the loneliest feeling in the world. Was it necessary to do that to your chairman? He's a member of your political party. And theoretically, if those eight people who didn't show up ever needed to get anything done on the education front, they would need to work with Lance Clow again. And so... I don't know. Maybe something happened that we're not aware of. Maybe there was a big disagreement or, or, or something behind the scenes that we're not privy to. But was it necessary to embarrass him and upstage him it, like it that? Was, it, it, seemed, definitely, it seemed cruel. It's definitely a high-stakes political move. and um, Republican on Republican violence. Is, <laughs> yeah. It was it, awesome it, in it, that regard. It, it, was, it, was, it was great political theater as far as that goes. And, and yes, it, it is, it's a high-stakes political move. And I think it... it and I think we kind of touched on it in the story on Monday. I think it kind of laid bare. There's been tension on this whole funding formula issue within that House uh, Education Committee. I mean, that's kind of All come year. through yeah. in discussions. It's come through in the informational sessions. It came through in the original print hearing where there was a quorum and uh, the bill from from Lance Clow and, and you know, Ryan Kirby was voted down. Uh, wasn't even printed by the committee. So you knew that there was some tension. You knew that there was some friction within that committee. But to see it on such a public stage for, for all to see and, you know, unmistakably uh, public display, yeah, that that was very unusual. And, and unexpected start to the week, but we weren't even done on Monday because the Senate did actually have a quorum. The Senate Education Committee was there in force. Everybody was there. For a two-hour public hearing about the funding formula bill that has been introduced. The, on the Senate, Senate version, yeah. yes. And that was really the first and to date only full-blown public hearing on a funding formula bill. Here we are, 75 days or whatever into yep. this legislative session. We were promised that this would be the biggest education issue of the session. And it's just been, the process is broken down at so many levels. Um I don't know. It's, it's been hard to track. It's been confusing. I think there's a lot of fatigue at this point. Um, but what a messy process. Right. And if you were looking for a recurring theme from Monday's public hearing, what's what jumped out to me, we were both there. And the Senate hearing. In, in the Senate hearing. We were both at the Senate hearing. If you're looking for a recurring theme from that Senate committee hearing was you had education lobbyists and superintendents really from all over the state who came to, to speak on the, the bill over and over saying, don't rush, slow down, don't do this right away, let's let's take some time, let's make sure this thing works. Uh, you heard it from Superintendent Ibarra, you heard it from district superintendents, uh, you heard it from you know, the lobbyists who've been working behind the scenes on this issue for most of the legislative session, all, all saying almost uniformly, we're not ready, it's not ready. And 
that led to some awkwardness as well because at the end of the <laughs> at the end of the committee hearing, uh, Chuck Winder. Who, Senate Majority who Leader. Is the Senate Majority Leader, so he's got a lot of pull. Not exactly a lightweight. And was the co-chair of the interim committee that spent three years studying the funding formula. So he, he knows this stuff, and he's got, got clout. Said at the end of that hearing that he didn't think this bill was going to go anywhere anyway, so that the discussion is going to continue. Uh, I think it was sort of an attempt on his part to sort of reassure yeah. folks in the audience that, look, we're not trying to jam this through. It's not going to get jammed through. Uh, he kind of surprised the author of the bill, the sponsor of the bill, Lori Dan Hartog, who presented the bill. I talked to her afterwards, and she was a little bit surprised. And I think it's safe to say that Winder's remarks surprised uh, Dean Mortimer, the chairman of the Senate Education Committee, because then, fast forward to Tuesday. We're right. all the way to Tuesday here. Keep Bear with us, guys. Uh, so on Tuesday, you had Winder do this kind of unusual mea culpa at the end of Senate Education's meeting where he, he sort of kind of said, look, I want to make clear that I'm not trying to kill this process or put the kibosh on it or subvert the chair in any way. Uh, I think he was trying to make clear that what he was trying to do was observe the political situation as he saw it and not come out against it. I thought it was pretty clear from his remarks, and I spoke to him briefly after Monday's hearing, that he wasn't saying, hey, this is a terrible idea, let's let's get no. it. But I think he Based was saying, on where we're explain at in the session. legislative session, this is not going to get passed. But and at any rate, you had this sort of you know, you know odd public uh, dance between Senator Winder and you know, Senator Mortimer, also for all to see. It's just been that kind of a week on this this whole issue. And we're still not done. Yeah. I'm still not done. I mean, I guess the thing with that actual hearing on the Senate bill, I expected a lot of concern and frustration and unanswered questions and fatigue because we've been trying to keep in touch with some of the education groups and some of the, the superintendents and, and, and take stock of things. But, man, what really did it for me right out of the bat, Superintendent of Public Instruction, Sherry Ibarra, a member of the interim committee coming out and saying, Put the brakes on this thing. We don't know how we're going to implement this. There's a lot of questions here. Um, to me, that set the stage right out of the bat where I was like, well, this thing's in trouble. Right. Um, and, and she spoke with confidence and authority, and it was like a bucket of cold water on the whole thing. And then that set up the next hour and 40 minutes or whatever. Right. And I think she framed her remarks as saying, this is what we're hearing from the field. Right. This is what I'm hearing from superintendents and business managers. And lo and behold, as the public hearing unfolded, she was vindicated on that because what you heard over and over from the superintendents, and we're talking about folks who came from everywhere, from Lakeland, Lakeland to yeah. Fremont County. So they came out in force in fairly short order because this was Monday afternoon. The hearing was held. It wasn't really official on the docket until Friday afternoon. So they made plans over the weekend to be there in force on Monday afternoon, saying over and over what uh, Superintendent Navarro said at the outset. Slow down. We don't know enough yet. Yeah. It's not ready. So... I think that that really came across uh, with the committee and, you know, that kind of fast forwards is us to Thursday going into Friday, just when it seemed like this issue was dead and dusted, dead and did, <laughs> done for the session. There is a last minute push to maybe try to pass something uh, in terms of the funding formula. We had the story uh, Thursday afternoon. We broke the story. Busy day at the state house on a lot of other issues, but behind the scenes, conversations about a new funding formula bill that hasn't officially surfaced, hasn't officially been introduced in a committee as of Friday morning when we're 
when we're recording the podcast. So let's talk a little bit about that. Kind of a, a skinny funding formula bill, maybe the funding formula light uh, bill, whatever term you want to use. Uh, you've studied a little bit more in depth than I have at this point. Uh, you talked to Senator Mortimer about it. He's the person behind this. Uh, Speaker Scott Bedke had not read it as of Thursday. Uh, House Education Chairman Lance Clow, when I asked him what involvement he had with this, uh, he held up a zero. He made a zero <laughs> sign with his hands. Um, and so I believe Senator Mortimer is the person behind this. And he couched it as kind of a definitions bill. Yes, exactly. And you've got it in front of you. There are a number of definitions in there of definitions of terms, but specifically of some of the weighted categories that would be applied if the funding formula were implemented, things like at-risk students uh, and things of that nature. And then let's get into some of the other things that we caught that maybe will raise a couple of eyebrows. Um, but you've yeah. talked to Mortimer about this. You've looked at it a little bit more closely than I have in the last 12 or 16 right, right. hours. And this all unfolded fairly quickly on Thursday as well. So, you know, to kind of set the stage, you had this crazy day at the legislature on Thursday. You had a marathon hearing on the House floor over Medicaid sideboards. You had another competing Medicaid sideboards bill getting introduced Thursday afternoon in, in the Senate committee. Not, not introduced. I mean, it came out of the Senate committee. Yeah. I misspoke. You had the Senate engaged Thursday morning in a really testy debate over amending the bill that would you know, overhaul the initiative process. So while all of that was happening on, on a public platform, very, very abruptly, Senate Education canceled its meeting on Thursday. And at about that same time, at 2 o'clock that afternoon, uh, Senator Mortimer was meeting with other senators, including uh, Senators Den Hartog and Winder, uh, Senator Janie Ward-Engelking, uh, Democrat from Boise, uh, meeting with Marilyn Whitney from uh, Superintendent Ibarra's staff, among others, I, I suppose, to walk through this funding formula definitions bill. So I, you know, caught up with Mortimer after one of those meetings, and he said, look, this is not a funding formula bill. What I'm trying to do is set the definitions for these student groups that would be weighted in a funding formula. You know, at-risk students, economically disadvantaged, English language learners, yep. special education students, gifted and talented students, all of whom would receive weights in a new funding formula that is based on enrollment as opposed to uh, student attendance. So if you, if you ever do a funding formula, which you're not going to do this year, obviously, if you do a funding formula rewrite in 2020, you go to an enrollment model, you're going to try to attach weights to these uh, student groups. What he wants to do, he says, is basically make sure that we're clear on the definitions of who falls into these categories. And, and some of it kind of seems to uh, refer back to existing code. Yeah. But the bill doesn't stop there. Uh, a couple of, one of the things I noticed and that we've talked about is the five-year mandatory review of funding formulas uh, that's embedded in that bill. I think the yeah, first review would be uh, 20, yeah, 2024, I want to say. Yeah, let's skip <clears> our way to page six of the draft. Yes, a mandatory public school funding formula review. The Senate and the House of Representatives Education Committees shall conduct a comprehensive review of the public school funding formula at least once every five years, starting in July of 2024. So what that means, if that were to become law, is you would have almost a perpetual, ongoing review of the school funding formula. I mean, it's taken us three years to get to where we are right now in, in the legislature. I think we're kind of in the fourth year. <laughs> it is quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, 
So you would almost be in constant review of the funding formula, which may or may not be a bad thing. I mean, we're only talking about $2 billion upwards of, of $2 billion of state funding. You know, maybe there should be a continued review of how the formula is working. Is it keeping up with student trends? Is it keeping up with student mobility? All of the reasons that you've heard for trying to rewrite this funding formula right now. Maybe what amounts to an ongoing review isn't the worst thing in the world, but it is labor intensive and it isn't cheap because, you know, you would have, you know, some, you know, some legislative time. You may have some legislative staff uh, services devoted to this kind of a review. We've, we've had consultants come in at, at no small taxpayer expense to get the funding formula process yeah. through these past three years. So, you know, it, it's, not an, it, it's not a trivial process and it's not a small uh, section of the, the draft of the bill. So that jumped out at us. Some reporting requirements, yeah. some rather extensive reporting requirements. Of, you know, school districts and charter schools would have to report where they're spending their money, uh, you know, what kind of reserve funds they have, um, how they're spending these line items that might survive in a new funding formula. You know, line items like transportation or advanced opportunities or you know, on down the list, which you know, who knows what that list would look like in a, in a new funding formula. Anyway. It's not just a definitions bill necessarily. The, the bulk of the bill deals with student definitions, yes. But there are some other wrinkles in this draft. And I should stress, this draft Only has not been introduced in a committee. Uh, uh, Senator Mortimer provided a draft of it uh, to me on Thursday, and that's you know what we were looking at. He had been talking on Thursday about trying to get it introduced on Friday morning. Uh, that did not occur uh, in Senate State Affairs. It was not on the agenda. So as of this recording, uh, mid-morning Friday, it has not been introduced in a committee. We don't know if that's going to change, when that's going to change. So stay tuned at idahoednews.org. We'll keep you posted on that. But you know, it, it's really kind of interesting that, that it's come to this point. And I guess my takeaway talking to Mortimer is he thinks that it's important to get something accomplished this year, to get something on the books after three years, even if it just kind of defines terms and sets the stage for a funding formula rewrite perhaps in 2020. It'll be really interesting, though, to see if uh, there's the will within the legislature to do that. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Chairman Clow, your conversation with him on Thursday. All of this would have to go through that House Education Committee. It would have to go go through Klaus committee. He's not sold on this thing. Uh, you saw the Gang of Eight, the, the Republicans who opposed you know, doing uh, anything in terms of funding formula rewrite. Who knows where they would stand on you know, a funding reform, uh, you know, a funding formula skinny bill or anything like that. Who knows? I, it's really hard to handicap where this thing might go if it goes anywhere. I mean, I, th I think that who knows is exactly where we're at right now. And I mean, this process, once it got to the legislative session, it's been fraught with concerns and problems and people on the House Education Committee saying they're not involved, Democrats saying they're not involved, education stakeholder groups at various points saying they're not involved, and then being invited to the table. It's, I don't want to say they've gone backwards since the interim committee finished up its work in November or whenever that was, but it has not been a clean positive process that people are rallying behind it's and and the rules have been different the whole time for this funding formula bill 
uh, there were drafts that were made public, and then a million in five drafts that were drafted behind the scenes. There were closed-door meetings. There were open-door meetings where committees debated a bill that hadn't been introduced yet. Speaker of the House Scott Bedke led these informational sessions. The rules have always been different for this funding formula proposal, and it still hasn't gone anywhere. And I mean, it's only taken the most baby of steps. We've never had a vote on it other than the introductory mm-hmm. vote, yeah. uh, and which was a, a formality because right. it occurred in a, in a different Senate committee that has nothing to do with education as a favor, as a courtesy. Right. The only thing that was voted on was you know, two versions ago of the House version that was was killed, and then the Republicans wouldn't even show up for the other one. So, I mean, what a, a messy process. But so where we're at, we think that next week could well be the final week of the legislative session. And, and boy, not a moment too soon, right? Because it so legislative sessions often get to the point where it's hectic and crazy at the end. But we're at the point literally this week where when lawmakers in the House aren't speaking to each other in cutesy little limericks, they're often screaming at each other on the House floor. And I absolutely mean that. We saw that a couple of times this week where they are fuming and screaming at each other on the House floor. There was a chaotic press conference with leadership in the press corps the week before. Hard feelings and bad blood. Every legislative session has a degree of dysfunction to it, and even legislators would admit that they get the sessions get crazy. I don't really remember one like this where there's been this much hostility and bad blood just yeah. out there yeah. in the public for everyone to see. And I mean, they, there's times where they are joking with each other and speaking in limericks, and you know, there's a party at a senator's house and a night at the gun range with police, and so. They, they certainly are doing things where they're having fun and getting along, but also absolutely screaming at each other, making incendiary comments about each other. I, I, I don't know. It's it's time to go home, I feel like, <laughs> and, and everybody is, is yeah. coming to that realization. Right, and you have some very emotional issues that are behind this. Uh, and rewriting a school funding formula is probably not as emotional an issue, although you've got legislators who are really invested in the issue. I think that's when it becomes personal. Yeah. When you've had folks spending three years on this thing, like uh, like Mortimer, like Speaker Scott Bedke, you know, like the other members of this committee, you do get invested. I think it does become personal. But you layer in Medicaid expansion is such a human issue. It's such a personal issue that you know, it it's not surprising that the debate has, has turned so vitriolic and it's, it's turned so divisive. Yeah, it's definitely got the feel of uh, a session that needs to uh, that needs to come to an end. Yeah. I mean, it does become personal. Break and out I think, the ugly ties. I think uh, I think even the funding formula debate has become personal. It's it's fairly apparent when you when you talk to Mortimer about a definitions bill, and you talk to the House chairman as as you did, the, you know, his counterpart in the House, who did nothing to hide his. Uh, skepticism about the bill and his skepticism about the process that got to this point. I mean, it's, you know, he said that he felt like doing a definitions bill represented or, you know, illustrated a failure of that interim committee. Well, the, over, the it was kind of the overall point of where we're at, you know, versus here we've got this proposal coming into the session. We're about to adjourn the session now, take stock of where things are at right now. 
with what's on the table. And he said, yeah, what, basically could chalk it up to failure of an interim committee. And he said, nobody's seen my House, house bill at this point. Um, but, an interim committee that I should add included the Speaker of the House, Scott yeah. Bedke. So yeah. for, for, for Lance Cloud to come out and say that the interim committee failed, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's a pretty pointed statement, and I think it was directed at basically everybody who had a, a stake in that uh, in that process. So yeah, it's it's gotten pretty personal. We don't know what's going to happen in these final few days on on the funding formula. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on it. We can give you some closure on a few other education topics. Sure. So maybe let's kind of kind of quick go through that. Sex education. Uh, the bill died in the Senate Education Committee, uh, held in committee pretty much on a unanimous vote. Um, Barbara E. Hart, the Idaho Falls Republican who sponsored the bill, got it through the House on party lines, uh, said that she will come back in 2020 with another version of that bill. So keep an eye out on that. We've got full coverage of the hearing at idahoednews.org. Education budget's pretty much sailing their way through and, um, you know, a a moment of celebration you were at on Wednesday afternoon, uh, Governor Little signing the $40,000 $40,000 minimum teacher salary bill into law. Uh, yeah, by and large, Little getting most of what he wanted out of this legislative session, and this was a this was a big priority for him. It was. Uh, I, you know, I, I think the governor, first-year governor, has got to be pretty pleased. He didn't try to reinvent the wheel of this legislative session. It was somewhat of a quiet session on the education front outside of this simmering funding formula debate uh, that turned ugly in ways that we spent the last 25 minutes describing. <laughs> yes. Uh, but other than that, been a fairly good session, fairly clean session for Governor Little. Uh, he made childhood literacy a priority. He made uh, raising the minimum teacher salary. That will happen over the next two years. He made that a priority. Uh, wants to expand a scholarship. And that uh, passed the House. It was close, but it passed the House. So that's heading to his, his desk. And those uh, were kind of his big... I, I spent a day with him in an elementary school a few weeks ago, and those were kind of his big three proposals. He felt good about where the session was going. You know, he said he wasn't sure if the funding formula would pass or not. He kind of hoped it would, but said it didn't need to this year. So the governor's got to feel pretty good, at least in regards to his education agenda. Um, in terms of that he got most of what he wanted, more so than Superintendent Ibarra, more so than anybody involved with the funding formula proposal. Um, See, but yeah, it's good. the one feel-good moment of the week was in the governor's office where some teachers and House Education Committee members and education lobbyists came out to kind of support the signing of this bill. And, and A bill that passed overwhelmingly yeah. in both houses with, with bipartisan support. So, so that's yeah, official. Kind of a feel-good bill. The public school budgets out. have been signed into law. That also includes, includes uh, raises under the career ladder. Um, it includes some more money for discretionary funding for school districts. It includes the literacy initiative. Those are signed into law. Still waiting to see a state board of education budget come out of JFAC. That will happen, I would assume, early next week. Yeah. Um, and, and we could be pretty well done here, at least in terms of education issues. Obviously, the big you know, points that have kept us this far are... You know, the Medicaid Prop 2 debate, Medicaid expansion, the sideboards bill, the initiative bill. Um, still a little bit of work going on there, but you know, we may be done by this time next week, and I think everybody would be happy with right, that if right. that was and I the think, case. And, and I think we may not see the House Education Committee meet again this legislative session. Senate education is kind of on hold. You would assume that if there is a funding formula definitions bill, that it would pass through the Senate Education Committee. So they may not be done yet. 
but they basically are. Beyond anything funding formula related, I don't think uh, you'll see much of anything occurring in those education committees. So it is definitely winding down, and um, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, a couple other things. We want to talk about um, our newest reporter, Sammy Edge. We mentioned her just briefly in the beginning of the podcast. She was out at that hearing with us on Monday, but she's been doing amazing work taking a look at some questions surrounding another charter school. Uh, she published a big story Thursday about uh, the Village Charter School. Right, and, in West Boise. In West Boise. And there's some questions over... Uh, their finances and questions over kind of where they go from here. I think as we speak, she's at a board meeting, uh, continuing to report out and follow this story. Uh, yeah, some serious questions, really eye-opening reporting about finances and governance at this uh, at the Village Charter School. Uh, and like you said, uh, as we speak, as we're recording this, uh, she is at a board meeting to, you know, we'll see what the future holds for the, the Village Charter School. But really, you know, what we do, you and I, uh, tracking the legislature is important work, but this work of tracking the dollars at the local level, what, what happens in these schools and you know, holding local schools accountable is really important journalism. And it's, it's, a, it's an outstanding story. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, you definitely should. It's, it's great stuff. And uh, she's on top of the story and there may be more to come. Uh, later Friday, so check out ednews.org for the latest. Um, it's a story that uh, you can only find there. Yeah, Sammy's first article was published March 21st. The Village Charter School faces risk of closure amid financial crisis. Right now, school board is awaiting results of an outside audit and reviewing its relationship with an out-of-state vendor that has been managing the finances. Um, I, I got to say, it really makes me proud when, when we step away and cover the legislative session. Sammy's our newest reporter, and to see her kind of step up and, and rise to the occasion like this is inspiring. But certainly following on the heels of what Devin Bodkin did investigating the Blackfoot Charter Schools, and that his work is continuing there. Um, it, it's really made me proud that while we're walking the state house halls and trying to make sense of the legislative session, that our team is really really holding these schools, in this case, two charter schools, uh, accountable yeah. for financial practices, uh, accountable to their staff and students and patrons and families. Um, it's good work, and, and it makes me proud to be a part of this team. Yeah. And it's given us some ideas of maybe things that we can help get involved with when this legislative session finally does um, adjourn. Yeah, I mean... It's going from the macro, what we do at the legislature, covering the big picture of where this money is going to go and how it's going to be spent and how it's going to be allocated at, at the state level, to the micro. How is it being spent? What's actually happening at the local level? You know, how are procedures, uh, you know, how are policies, what, what are practices on the ground in these schools? So the work Devin has done in in Blackfoot, the work Sammy is doing on the charter uh, on the village charter in Boise, really important work and and really really good work and um, you know, it, it's reporting you can only find at Idaho Ed News. So you know, definitely very very proud of our, our colleagues for for doing some some first rate work. Absolutely, hats off to Sammy and Devin both. If you want to get caught up on those stories or any of our top stories, follow the uh, what could be the final week of the legislative session. We keep Head saying it, and there's hope, but there's also reality. Right, we yeah. Could be the last week. Head over to the homepage. That's IdahoEdNews.org. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at IdahoEdNews. We 
we break our biggest stories there. We live tweet some of the big hearings. If there's another funding formula hearing or meeting, we will live tweet uh, that. But uh, we'll be back next week to... And, and just one more quick promo um, on, on my part. Uh, I will be on Idaho Reports this week on Friday. Uh, we're going to be doing the Pundits uh, segment as part of Tree Ford, as part of Story Ford. It'll be recorded at noon Friday at the Hawaii Hotel, but it'll also then be on the air Friday night and then available online. So we'll break all this down uh, with the Pundits panel. So look for that. But again, you know, it all, it all could change. So great place to find the latest is to just go to our website and see the latest uh, latest coverage. Yeah, we're at the point in the session where things change, not even just by the day, but by the hour. Um, so we're always checking agendas, always finding out the latest. But yeah, we'll be back next week to let you know where things stand. Maybe we'll be saying goodbye to the legislative session and looking forward to spring. Who knows? Uh, I couldn't predict it. <laughs> if um, not, it could be a very grouchy podcast <laughs> if we're still in the middle of the legislative session. Yeah. So come by next week and see what kind of mood we're in. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for joining us this week and every week on Extra Credit. We had a lot of fun. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.